Hey, Mark here, and I'm calling in before today's episode with a little favour to ask, if I may, please. You see, today I'm changing the format of the Podcast Accelerator. I'm trialling a longer form deep dive episode, real specific actionable takeaways, and introducing my recommended podcast tool of the week. Now, the format is ever so slightly different. It is a little bit longer, and during this episode, which is a huge, deep dive, massive piece of free podcast education. During this episode, I'm going to break off for about 90 seconds to recommend a podcasting tool that I think will help you. And at the end, stick around because there's a new section at the end, which is three actionable takeaways that you can implement today based on today's deep dive. So let me know what you think of this new format, please. That's the favour that I'm asking. You can do that on Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. And you can get the written version of this over on my Twitter profile as well. Once again, that's at Mr. Asquith. And enjoy this episode of the Podcast Accelerator. Growing your podcast is really hard. And you know what? The work never, ever stops. But... How do you, as a busy and very serious podcaster, how do you overcome that overwhelm and begin to move the needle for your growth? That's what I'm going to talk to you about today, podcast overwhelm coping tactics, and in particular, something that you can implement right now that will help you to overcome those challenges and begin to see a little real growth through your efforts. I am Mark Asquith, the host here of the podcast Accelerator, and of course I am CEO and co-founder of Captivate.fm, the world's only growth-focused podcast hosting platform where we continually release brand new features that don't just sound good on paper and don't just make it easier for us to sign you up to a free trial, but actually features that help you to genuinely grow your audience and help you to create a podcasting brand around your creation. And that's why we exist, to help the serious podcaster like you to grow their audio, influence their audience and monetize all of the above. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm thinking about starting a new show, Marco, go and check out Captivate. If you're thinking, oh, I'm a little bit underwhelmed with my current hosting provider because they take my money, they give me an RSS feed, but what else do they really do? Maybe it's time for a look at something fresh at Captivate.fm where you can start for free and import your podcast with no hassle. Now, I am going to talk to you about this overwhelm coping tactic that uh, really I've been using, I suppose, now for for, for nearly 10 years. Um, Not only in my podcast, but just in business, you know, generally I've been using it throughout. It's something that does work. But before I do that, I want to give a shout out to the team at Aweber who sponsor the Podcast Accelerator. They're an email marketing platform. And actually, if you are receiving this podcast via email, which many of you do, it will have been sent by Aweber. And that helps me to build a relationship with you. I'll get a lot of replies to that. I strike up some conversations, get to know people and just really build that relationship with people in a very genuine way. And I think you need to be doing that as well for your show. So go and check Aweber out. It's free. You don't need a credit card and you can just get started right away at mark.live slash email. So look, the more you strive to grow your podcast, the more your plate fills up with things that you need to do. And eventually you're going to end up with more and more Plates to the point that, well, you could probably enter the world's plate spinning championship. I don't know if that exists, but, uh, you know, I think we podcasters could probably all enter that one. And the point is, there are a lot of people giving you 
advice on how to grow your show. And, you know, most of it's decent, except those weird LinkedIn podcast promoters don't know what's going on there. And so when you start to think about what to do about your audience growth. You can feel so overwhelmed that you do nothing because you've got no idea where to start or what is the most important thing to do and when. So I've got a couple of ways to fix that. And I'm going to talk to you about one of them today. And then next week, I'm going to talk about uh, another one, a a prioritization technique that that I use. And I I don't know if I created it, Um, but you know, I've never heard anyone else talk about it. So I am going to talk to you about this overwhelm and how to get over that. Now, we also, this week on the 23rd of September, we've got a podcast maker day coming up, which is really important. It's a free event where you can come for as long as you want, two to four hours. We think we're going to run it for two to four hours. And it's just focused, dedicated, protected time for you to work on that one thing in your podcast that you need to get done. But the real kicker with this is that you're going to be with people like you. You're going to be with our team who can help you with that one thing. So if you're struggling with something, which you know maybe you'll realize as, as we go through this episode, we will be there to help you. So go and register for that. It's free. Captivate.fm slash maker. That's captivate.fm slash maker. Just go and register for that. It's a really, really great idea. And I'm really looking forward to doing it. So podcast overwhelm coping tactics. And first and foremost, I need to tell you, I hate the word coping. I hate it. To me, that's like the bare minimum. And I, I don't think it's a good thing to strive for. In fact, I want you as a podcaster, as a serious creator of audio influence and podcasting, I want you to experience more than that. And I need to tell you a story, okay? I work best under pressure. The shorter a deadline is, the better my work is. And until a few years ago, I thought that was something that was a problem, But that actually couldn't be further from the truth. It's actually a power. And when I owned my digital and design agency from about uh, 2005 to 2017, I used to be the face person of that business. I'd produce the content and I'd lead the vision of the agency while also working on, on like the tendering and the pitching for some of our biggest contracts. And tenders in particular, well, they were a complete and utter pain in the backside. They really were. We'd get what's called an RFQ, a request for quotation, a few months before a tender closing date. And every single time, regardless, our tender documentation would be submitted. doesn't matter how long we had to work on it. It would be submitted like just before the deadline closed, you know, almost to the minute. I was never, ever ahead with the tenders. Granted, there was a little strategy to that. If you look at primacy, frequency, and recency as a concept, you can understand that a little bit more. There was a little bit of strategy, but if I'm completely honest, I left things to the last minute because I knew that my work would be better with a little pressure. In the early days, I'd you know I'd make a pretty deep start on the tender, and I'd get things done you know well ahead of time. But the work was never as good as the rush job that I did. And I'd always keep tinkering with it. And I could never fathom out why, why is this work that I've spent months on? Why is it never quite as good as the rush job? I had no idea why that was. In fact, on the days that we got a heads up on a tender that closed tomorrow, you know, someone would give us a a little heads up, you know, with someone would say, have you gone for that tender? No, I didn't know about it. Well, the closing date is tomorrow. You know, we used to get that a fair bit because you, you can never stay on top of all the tenders. Doesn't matter what your processes are. So when we got those heads up, you know, for the tomorrow deadlines, I did better work on those than on the tenders that we'd had months to work on. And it baffled me. Like I said, it really, really baffled me. But I noticed it. 
And once I noticed it, I began to relish it. Because I knew my business, I knew my industry, and I knew how to write good tenders. I'd come to understand myself enough to know that my quick decisions were actually, they weren't quick decisions. They were actually highly thought out plans and strategies that I'd been mulling over in my head for months before. And it was just the the getting it down on paper that was done at the last minute. So I switched up how I worked on things. On the morning of a big tender deadline, I knew that I used that until, I don't know, maybe 1pm to submit it. So what I'd do, and I, I used to look forward to this, especially in summer, I'd get up at 4am, I'd grab a, a cup of Yorkshire tea, which if you follow me for a while, you know, that's my drink of choice, Yorkshire tea. And I'd get into the studio for 5am. It was only about five minutes away from my house at the time. So I'd get up there. It was a big detached property. We had a photography studio on the bottom floor that we owned. We had a printing company and we had a, a design and digital agency on the middle floor. And there was no one in. It was just me at 5am. So once I got there, I'd stick some really loud rock music on. I'd forget that anything else existed for the few hours that I worked on the tender. I wouldn't answer my phone. I wouldn't check my emails. I wouldn't do any other work. If someone needed me for anything at all, unless it was an absolute family emergency, no one would get a hold of me. I would just be working on that. And at around 12.30pm, the tender would have been checked by someone like Don, um, my business partner, and off it went, getting submitted. And often, you know, we'd win it. And you know what? When I moved to public speaking, I'd do the same. I'd have a talk planned for some time way in the future and I'd leave it right until the last minute to prep it. I even did that with my TEDx talk. And it's, you know, I don't want to sound like a complete blowing my own trumpet ass here, but it's really good. It was the same scenario because I'd already planned the story in my head. I was always working on it in my head. It was just the getting it down on paper that I had to do. I was always practicing the story beats, making up the little quips. I was testing the humor. I was rehearsing it. I was chatting through certain bits in the ch- in the shower. And it was, like I said, it was the getting it down on paper that took the time at the end. And I'd leave that till the last minute when I had a really short deadline. And like I said, in short, I'd, I'd do my best work under pressure. And with far too, quote unquote, little time, to do the job. Yet, it always, always gets done and it's always, always really good because I hold myself to a high standard. Hell, I used to run a podcast called Excellence Expected. It's not, it wasn't called Average Expected, you know? So it's always got to be good. So the time and the result, they seemed a little bit unrelated. It didn't, it didn't matter. They didn't, didn't correlate. Okay. This isn't something unique to me. I didn't realize this. It's not. In fact, there's an old adage which speaks to this phenomenon, and it's called Parkinson's Law. I've stuck a link to it in the show notes. It's on Wikipedia. Good old Wikipedia. And I discovered the concept a few years ago, I think maybe in about 2013, 2014. In fact, it must have been around 2012. Um, and then I wrote about it a little bit later. I discovered the concept a few years ago, and like I said, I wrote about it in my, my first, actually, my first ever podcast lead magnet ebook which is called The Essential 14-Day Guide to Cutting Your Working Hours and Increasing Your Impact. It's a really good book that I wrote in 2014. If you want it, just email me, mark at rebelbasemedia.io, mark, M-A-R-K, rebelbasemedia.io. Just ask me for that. I'll send you it via email. It's a PDF. It's brilliant. And it really, really is a great book. It works, okay? So Parkinson's Law posits that work will expand to fill the time allocated to it, regardless of that time. In short, if I had three months to work on a tender and started it right at the beginning of that clock, right at the beginning of the three months, 
I would still more than likely be working on it on deadline day and it would be no better than if I gave myself those short, tight deadlines that I talked about just a second ago. And Parkinson's law is the very reason that we do great work under immense pressure. When we find ourselves in a position where time is short, we strip away what isn't important. We identify what is vital and we shut out all distractions to get it done. We've all done it in some way or form, whether that's work, you know, like me and like I said earlier on, getting that, uh, you know, that tender in for the next day and thinking, crap, that's a huge tender, but we get it done. It's really good. Or whether that's a last minute interview for your podcast, it's the dream guest that you've got. And suddenly they say, oh, do you know what? I can do it today at 2 p.m. And it's like 12 p.m. And you say, oh, crap, actually, but you get it done. It's really good. Or whether it's waking up late on a morning for a holiday and you're going to miss the plane, but somehow you manage to get all your stuff and nothing goes wrong. And you manage to get there on time. Parkinson's law. We get it done. But the first time you do it, it's really scary. The first time you shut out everything to get something done, it's really terrifying. It's almost like, I suppose it's like being a business owner and you, you know, you go on holiday. The first time you do it, you think, oh, God, you know, I've got to be on my emails all the time. I've got to be, got to be available to my clients. Because if you don't, the first time you go away, you think, oh, if I don't do any of that, the world's going to implode. You're going to come back to no business and it's all, you know, it's all gone terribly wrong. But that doesn't happen. Instead, we come back, frankly, to a, a you know, a functioning business and everything going ahead as normal. Everything's going fine. Nothing implodes, nothing explodes, and there's absolutely no need to worry. So, what we've got to do to get over this overwhelming podcasting is, well, we've got to apply the same approach to our podcast to beat that overwhelm. Let me explain. Most independent podcasters like you and I, we're, we're working on our podcast as a, as a labor of love. We're very serious creators. We care about it. We want it to succeed. We are serious creators, but we are doing it around other commitments, around family, around work, around other hobbies. So what that means is that we can only spend a limited amount of time on our podcast. But the growth that we'd like to see and the success that we'd love for our show, well, that that doesn't change. That doesn't reflect that we can only spend a limited amount of time on it. We still want big results, even though we're only able to work on our show for a limited amount of time per week. So in order to achieve any results, we've got to shut out the things that don't matter. And at any given time, we've got to focus on the thing that we've got to get done. And decide what we're doing and when. Because it's really easy to feel this overwhelm as a podcaster. And because, like I said, there are so many people telling you what to do and how to do it. And because we're usually, you and I, we're looking for that top secret silver bullet that's going to explode our podcast growth. So what we can do is we can sit down to work on something for our show, for our podcast growth, and realize that, well, we sort of know that we've got to do this thing, but we don't quite know how to do it. And then what we then do is we, we, we sort of revert back to comfort zone. You know, we, we, we revert back to creation, planning and producing content. But we can't move forward with that mindset and we're never going to grow. We just stagnate. If we do that, we'll never get those scary things done or the things on the to-do list that we keep rolling over that we've been putting off because we quote-unquote don't have time. They just keep rolling over to the next week and, you know, let's be completely honest, if, if we keep doing that a year later, we're going to wonder why that podcast that started after ours, these guys, they started after us. What do they know? Well, suddenly a year later, they're doing much better than we are. They've got a couple of sponsors. They've got a huge following on Twitter. They've got a big email list. They're speaking on stages around the world. And you think, well, what the heck's gone on there? They started after me. 
that's usually due to focus, all right? And it's usually due to doing the right thing at the right time. So how do we overwhelmingly beat, well, podcasting overwhelm? Now, I'm going to talk next week about how to prioritize things within your podcasting growth strategy and your workflow. I'm going to do that next week, like the how to prioritize things, because that's something really specific and I've got a framework that you can use for it. But what we can do today, what you and I can do today, what you can do today, once you finish listening to me go on about this, is we can apply Parkinson's law and the principle of understanding that to our podcasting right now. And you know what? We can see some pretty instant results from it. So let me go ahead and use an example here with you. Right? I'm going to use the example of creating a lead magnet for your podcast. If you don't know what a lead magnet is, a lead magnet is a free thing that you give away in return for someone's email address on your email list. Think, you know, ebooks and checklists. It's that thing that gets people on your list and they're really happy to be on your list because you've given them something of really good value and, you know, it gives you the right and, and their permission to email them and build that relationship that I talked about at the beginning. So a lead magnet is a free thing that you give away in return for someone's email address. Like I said, think an ebook checklist or whatever. In fact, you know, that I talked about my ebook earlier, didn't I? That essential 14 day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. So for the purpose of this example, let's assume that you've never created a lead magnet before. And let's assume that even this, me just saying those words right now, that's the first time you've ever heard of lead magnet. So what would normally happen as a podcaster ready to grow, you'd, you know, you'd stick the words create lead magnet onto your to-do list and you'd actually probably, you know, between you and me, probably never really achieve it because it's new. You've got to spend some time learning and then doing it. And it's really hard without knowing what to do and, and when. So what would happen is it would roll on, it would roll on and it'd never get achieved. And you know, you need to do it. And then, like I said, a year later, the other podcast that started after you, they did do it and they've got the email list. They've got the following. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to be like that. If we apply Parkinson's law to this process, we can become more specific about things by giving ourselves a ridiculously short deadline, which in turn allows us to make faster and more effective decisions whilst actually getting the thing done. So let's work through it. Here is a list of things that you'd need to do to create a lead magnet. Number one, learn what a lead magnet is conceptually. Number two, decide what lead magnet you're going to offer. You know, is it an ebook, is it a checklist, whatever. Number three, plan the content. Number four, create the content. Number five, do the graphics for the lead magnet. Number six, put the lead magnet online somewhere so it can be downloaded. Number seven, set your email list up in Airweber. Number eight, link your lead magnet to that list. Number nine, put the email sign-up form onto your website. Number 10, test everything. Number 11, launch the lead magnet. Number 12, design the promotional schedule for the lead magnet and how it's going to fit into your overall podcast calls to action. That's a lot of stuff, right? Of course it is. It is a lot, but it's only a problem. It only becomes overwhelming. It only doesn't get done and it only becomes a fear. You know, that thing that you keep rolling over and putting off only becomes those things when you number one, don't apply Parkinson's law to it. The law that states that time will expand to allocate the time it has been allotted. So number one, it will only become a problem and overwhelming if you, number one, don't apply Parkinson's law to the whole project. And number two, don't break down the tasks into specific chunks using the same principle. So let me explain. All that stuff that I mentioned, and again, you can see this in the show notes, so it's all written out for you. 
we can take all that stuff and, 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 and we can do something about it, okay? So here's what I'd recommend to achieve this. Here's the, the sort of rough scenario that I would, I, would, I would just recommend that you go through applying Parkinson's law to this entire project, okay? Number one, set an almost unrealistic time frame for getting this entire thing launched. Not done, because done's, like, that's too transient. Done is, 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 is subjective, right? We have to say launched. So, number one, set an almost unrealistic time frame for getting this entire thing launched. Let's say one week. And anything you do not get done in that time simply does not get done, but you must launch. Number two, you've got your time box, you've got your window, you've got that one week, all right? You can now decide how much time you have per day to spend on this. Let's say, let's be realistic about being podcasters. I'm not going to say, like a lot of podcast coaches are going to give you, you okay, spend a full week on it. Like that's, that's crap. You're not going to do that because you don't have time. So let's be realistic. Let's say you've got 30 minutes per day for five days. So you're giving yourself a week, but you can't work Saturdays and Sundays because the kids are at soccer. I just said soccer. I meant football. The kids are at football. All right. So you've got 30 minutes Monday through Friday, which gives you two and a half hours to do the entire thing. That is tight. All right. But number three, you know, it's tight. So you choose a lead magnet that's more simple and effective than you ever thought possible. It's not a big ebook like the one I mentioned earlier, that essential 14 day guide. No, no, no. It's a checklist, a single sheet of A4, but it's really valuable. Here's a checklist on how to apply Parkinson's law, for example. Next, number four, we just need to break down the two and a half hours into tasks. So we take all that list of things that I said, and again, this is all written out in the show notes. We take all that stuff, then we apply the two and a half hours that we've got this week and the 30 minutes that we've got across five days, and we give yourself a Parkinson's law-based hard deadline every day. I will only work 30 minutes on this, so I've got to make the best of it, and I can only do the things that I can get done. So here's how I then break the five days down. Day one is learning how lead magnets work. Just research, but here's a hint. Just ask. Ask some. Ask me. Email me, mark at rebelbasemedia.io. Just ask. Ask on Twitter. Always better to ask than to flounder. Do it early. Figure it out on day one. Day two. Well, that's right in the checklist. Like, because you've already got to the point where you're podcasting and you, you, you've thought to yourself, wait a sec, I could probably do a checklist on this. Like, you already know. You don't have to second guess your expertise. You know about this. You know how to do it. So write your checklist down. And then jump into Canva or Google Docs and just create a checklist. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be sexy. It just has to work and be valuable. All right? Get it done. Day two, 30 minutes. Getting Google Docs or Canva. Day three, create all the graphics from a Canva template after, you know, you're going to have to write down what graphics you're going to need. What do you need? Well, you need a, um, you probably need an image for your website to promote it. You probably need, um, maybe like a cover for the checklist, maybe, or a header, or you need to get your logo on there. Like you can do all this in Canva, 30 minutes, done. Whatever you get done, you get done. Day four is emailing your email company's support team, asking how to set an email list up and how to create a sign up form. Don't flounder. Don't worry. Don't spend, you know, hours and days trying to figure it out. Ask the support team. That's what they're there for. All right, do it. And then just, you know, that takes, what, five minutes? And then use the remaining time when they get back to you to actually implement what they said. You can get it done, trust me. Then day five is planning your podcast calls to action and getting the thing on your website. All right, just, that's it. You know how to do it because you've updated your website before. And if you haven't, then someone else has updated your website and they'll do this bit for you as well. You see, there's no blockers to this. You've either done the thing and you've updated your website before, or someone else has done it for you, like you you have right now a means of updating your website, whether you do it or someone else does it. So there should be no reason for this to be a blocker. Now, 
I know it's easy for me to say all of this, but the goal here isn't to plan this process for you. It's not for me to say, here's how you do a lead magnet. Like I can, that's a tutorial in the growth labs in Captivate. What the point is here is it's to shine a light on the principle. So what I've done is I've set a hard deadline. Let's just recap what we just did. Set a hard deadline. So the work, you know, it's a week. The work's not going to expand too much and it's not going to fill too much time and run the risk of never getting done. It's a week. That is it. And it's two and a half hours during that week. And specifically, it's 30 minutes a day. That's it. Once it's done, it's done. It's out the door. Then what I did on day one is I built in some specific learning time. That's really important. That's what what we call just-in-time learning. If you've never heard the concept of just-in-time learning, Google it. And I've, I've actually allocated a hard deadline on the learning because the learning part of anything shouldn't be detached from the job that you need to do. It shouldn't be detached. It's part of the work and it should be given the appropriate time during the project so that you don't think you've got to start something only after you've learned how to do it because you'll never learn how to do it because you'll think, well, it takes too much time to learn it. So thus, you will never do the thing because you never do the learning. And you enter this perpetual cycle of procrastination and fear and analysis paralysis. So what you do is using this principle of a hard deadline of 30 minutes or whatever, you build in the learning time because it's part of the project. And then all I did was I just, you know, I thought, right, I'm going to use some free tools, Google Docs, Canva, and lean really heavily on my email provider support team to help me get this lead magnet done. And I, I highly recommend that you do that, okay? Don't leave asking support until the end after you've struggled with something. If you are even remotely unsure, whether it's Aweber or Captivate or whoever you use for whatever, whatever software you use, ask early. That is why support teams like Captivates exist. Ask the second that you feel unsure. Do not struggle alone. That is why support teams like ours exist. Ask early. So Parkinson's law, all right, you know, this is a principle. It's not a map. It's a principle. Have a little think today. How can you apply that kind of thinking to the task that you need to achieve this week or next week? Heck, how can you apply the principle of, of, of tackling Parkinson's law every time you set out to do something effective for your podcast? Because that is what we are looking to achieve effective results. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that next week because it's very, very important. All right. How we determine effective versus efficient. And I'm going to dig into that a little bit next week and then probably a little bit more the week after. So I want you to think about this. All right. This is a mindset. What you do tactically will change as your podcast grows as it develops and as it, you know, as it's going to evolve, right? But there will always be something to do and you'll always, always, doesn't matter how big you get, doesn't matter how good you get, you will always be at risk of feeling overwhelmed. So today, right now, start thinking about time blocks and about not letting tasks run on and on and on without being completed and try it for a month. You know, I, I guarantee that if you try it for a month, you are going to start to see some movement in your podcast growth. You are going to feel less overwhelmed. And you are going to be surprised at how easy it is to fit your podcast into your schedule without the stress of being a busy creator. And let me know, all right, you got this. I'm here to help. Let me know how I can help. Just hit me up on Twitter if you want, you know, mark.live slash Twitter. And just keep doing your thing and keep on captivating.